and says, I like your car. He says, what I'm going to do is sell my car. He says, I'll buy your car. I said, okay. So I pack all of my stuff up. I pack all my tattoo gear into this nice truck my father built me. I pack all my clothes. I'm set to go to Hawaii. My father takes me to the airport. I get a, a, a plane ticket to Hawaii. I had to stop in, in Los Angeles to change planes and then on to Hawaii. So it was quite a long trip, longest trip I had ever taken at that point in my life. I'm going to say I'm 25, 26 years old at this time. And on the plane coming into land in Hawaii, they announced that Hawaii has an ideal temperature at 72 degrees all year round. It's the second second best temperature climate to live in. The first one was the Coapolis Islands, and the third one was San Diego. But anyway, the plane lands. They get off, and there's a beautiful Hawaiian girl there. She's dressed in a grass curtain. She puts her wreath of flowers around her neck. That's called a lei. And she says, here's your first lei in Hawaii. Makes you feel good. She gives you a little kiss on the cheek. And there's my friend Tommy to meet me at the airport. Now, Tommy is driving a motorcycle. Tommy was a very good motorcycle driver. He used to drive in the carnivals in what they call a drone. That's a big metal ball that's like big wire that you could see through. And a fellow would get into this big metal ball of a drone and drive his motorcycle around and around and over and up and down and trick driving. Tommy had many, many trophies for being a trick driver on a motorcycle. He said, Eddie, you ought to get yourself a motorcycle. The weather is here. It's beautiful all year round. So I get on the back of his motorcycle, and he takes me down the hotel street where Mazzinas had his tattoo shop. There was quite a few shops along that street. He says, are you hungry? I said, yeah, I am. And we passed through at the end of Hotel Street in Chinatown, a lot of Oriental restaurants. He said, do you like Japanese food? I said, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had Japanese food. He said, well, I'm going to take you in this place. I'll do the ordering. I said, okay. So we go in this Japanese place. He does the ordering. And with the first thing they bring me is a little bowl, like a cereal bowl, full of eye. They die. I took a look at this, and I said, I ain't eating this shit. They just try it. I said, no, I can't eat this, Tommy. So he ordered some sake. He said, you ever have sake? I said, no. They said, it's Japanese whiskey, very good. So they bring us a bottle of sake and a couple of little glasses. And he pours me a glass. I, I sip it. To me, it tastes like warm bitch water. I didn't care for it at all. And then they brought me out something else. And I took a look at it today, Tommy. I don't know. I think it was octopus or some goddamn thing. I said, I can't eat this stuff. I said, listen, you sit here and enjoy. I'm going right next door. I see a nice Chinese restaurant there. I like Chinese food. I'm going next door and eat. And I'll meet you back at the tattoo.
cheese every day. My father made it. But nobody could find my trunk. So I, I used Muzzy's stuff. It turned out there ain't no civilian trade. There's very little tattooing done in the afternoon. It's only military, mostly Navy, some Marines. But it's only paydays and a few days later. You're busy as hell on them days. And then it's quiet till the next payday. And Tommy seems to be a little bit of a hog. And talking to Hawaiian Joe that worked in the shop, he says, they said Tommy's always hogging everything. They said, but, they said, you should have been here during World War II. This Joe had some neat stories. <laughs> he said, in World War II, he says, the guys would line up. He said, there were so many military here. He told me many neat stories. He said, between tattoo shops, houses and bars, he said, the sailors be lined up down the street around the corner. He said, a lot of money to be made then. He said, we all made a bundle of money then. He said, that's why you don't see Sailor Jerry open too much. He don't need any money. He just comes in for something to do. He's happy he gets a job or two and he goes home. He ain't worried about it. <laughs> During slow times, I would stand outside. The weather was beautiful. I loved the weather. I would talk to Lou Norman. Lou Norman had some neat stories. I walked down the block. There was another tattoo shop. Two women were in it. My first meeting in there. One was an Oriental woman and one was a white woman. The white woman says, have you met my sister? I said, I don't know who's your sister. She said, she's a famous tattooer from San Diego named Payne Snell. That's all I've heard of Payne Snell, but no, I haven't met her. And I believe the sister's name, the one in Hawaii, was named Anna, but I'm not sure. And then down Hotel Street, on the opposite side of the street, down a ways, was another tattoo shop. A little Oriental guy ran that. His name was Rosen. I used to chat with him quite often. Very nice guy. He still wrote to me for many years later. He would write to me and tell me what's happening in Hawaii all the time. I made friends wherever I went. Marzinus was from the Philippines. He used to tell me stories about the Philippines. He used to say, someday I'm going back to the Philippines. He said, there's only one tattoo there, he's no good. He said, someday I'm going back there and open a night tattoo shop and make a lot of money. <laughs> he said, maybe you'll come with me, Eddie. It'd be nice. I said, we'll see. One day, Tommy takes me down to the motorcycle place and he talks me into buying a motorcycle. Tommy was giving me lessons on how to drive a motorcycle. He would take me to this big open field and he would let me drive the motorcycle around. And I was enjoying it. I didn't realize that this big open field was easy for me to make a U-turn. Plus the field was so big, I had plenty of room to maneuver. I didn't realize on a little street I would have a problem. But anyway, he talked me into buying a motorcycle. I bought a Harley Sportster. It was one of the first sportsters. I don't know what year it was, I'm going to get. I'm probably now about 25 years old. Anyway, he talks me 
in the fine Italian sports stuff. It was beautiful. It was run color. That's an orange, orangey brown color with gold flake in it, little gold spots to it. Oh, it was a beautiful little bike. It was skinny, not like the heavy bikes. Easy for me to maneuver. I had a push button start. I didn't have to kick. It was great. Tommy had, in the meantime, introduced me to all the Hawaiians, the bikers that he hung with. They hung in a, down by Waikiki Beach. Along that strip down there was a big pavilion, a beer garden with a porch around it. And the bikers would sit out there with pictures of beer and their feet up on the railing and just enjoying the weather. It was beautiful weather in Hawaii. In the meantime, a couple of weeks have gone by. Tommy's girl still hasn't fixed me up with any girl. There's not many girls around that I can see. And they still haven't found my lost trunk or all my tattoo equipment. So anyway, I buy this motorcycle. And one day I set out riding by myself. And I'm just touring around the island. Nice roads, not much traffic in the, in the suburbs of, of Waikiki Beach. And I come down this, this mountain, Waikiki Beach is down straight in front of me. And I come down the hill, the mountain, and I make a left onto the street that ran along Waikiki Beach, not realizing it was a one-way street. And I turn into oncoming traffic. I, I now find myself in a narrow passageway, kicking myself off the parked cars as I'm driving along kicking myself right out into the traffic coming at me. Now I'm kicking myself off of those cars coming at me back into the park cars. And I do this for a block or two, and I see a narrow opening, and I step on it and zoom out, trying to make a U-turn. But this ain't enough room for me to do this. I ain't experienced enough. But somehow, I stand the bike up on a rear wheel, and I twist and turn. The bike turns around. And down this mountain road I come. Zooming along. There's the pavilion. With all the bikers sitting there on the porch on my right. And they're all cheering and clapping. Yay, man, nice ride. So I pull in there. Park the bike. Pull up on the porch and have a drink with these guys. They all tell me, Jesus, you're a good rider. You're as good as Tommy. I said, no, guys, I just got lucky. This bike scares me to death. I said, I'm just going to have a drink with you guys. And I'm going right down the beach here to the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. Now, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel was the only big hotel in Hawaii at that time. It was, it was maybe... I don't know whether it was three stories or seven stories high. It certainly ain't like, like the hotels of today, where the Waikiki is just hotel after hotel, 20, 30 stories high. Lots of hotels. Anyway, this was the only hotel that was a pink building. Let's say it was seven stories high. It was right in the middle of Waikiki Beach. It was a beautiful hotel. I had been there many times looking for a better place to stay than the dive I was in downtown Honolulu. 
to the side and get beautiful. And I would sit there and have a drink. And there was lots of old ladies there. Well, old ladies. They weren't that old, I guess. Not that I'm old, I realized that. But they were. They were older ladies. And I was thinking maybe one of them would like a young man. And I was going there hanging out, looking to get hit up myself. Never had any takers, but it was a nice day, nice way to spend the day. So I said to Hawaiian, that's where I'm going to go down there and hang out for the day. Gather my thoughts up. And the Hawaiian started telling me that hotel, they said someday, the Howies, that's what they called Americans from the mainland. They called them Howies. They said someday the Howies are going to ruin our island. With, with these big hotels. And we did. But that's another story. Anyway, I had a drink with the guys. Down the beach I go. Into the world of Hawaiian. I'm having a drink there out this beautiful bar. Thinking about my, my life and where I'm going and what I'm doing here in Hawaii. I wasn't really very happy there. The hotel I was staying in me really. Business wasn't all that well. If it wasn't for the story that the old Hawaiians and the tattooers were telling me, I probably would have left before this. So I say to myself, I'm going to take this bike back and see if I can get out of this contract I signed to pay this bike off. So back I go to the bike shop and I tell the guy, listen, I'm going back to New York. I want to get rid of this bike. What do I have to do to get out of this contract? <laughs> so the guy says to me, well, he says, I can tear your contract up. He says, I can't give you your money back, your down payment. But I can tear this contract up. You give me the bike back, we'll call it even. I said, fine. So that's I did. I gave him the bike back. I got a cab. Went back down to the tattoo shop. <laughs> Hawaiian Joe was in there, sitting there. I said, hey, Joe, I'm thinking of going home. He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, you don't like Hawaii? I said, I love Hawaii. I love the weather. I like the people. But I just ain't happy. I said, I ain't making the money that I expected to make. He says, oh, he says, he says, let's go have a drink and we'll talk about it. He said, you know, just before World War II, he said, I started to notice a lot of inflection, fluctuation of Japanese people. He said, they started to come here by the hundreds. He said, they would take little jobs, dishwashing, sleeping floors. He said, and then when the, the plane I said, thanks, Joe, and thanks for all the 
Jesus. I am getting to know you. I said, but I, I pretty much made up my mind. I'm going to go home. I'll talk to Muzzy later tonight. So Joe leaves. I was, we were in the bar, the upstairs bar on Hotel Street, where Tommy had taken me the first night I arrived. So I said, yeah, I'm having a few drinks. I'm, I'm pretty well half smashed by now. I've been drinking all day. And who comes in but Tommy and his girl? They sit down, we start talking. I told Tommy I took my bike back, got out of the contract, and I'm thinking of going home. And Tommy had some kind of an attitude. What his problem was, I don't know. He was always talking about he can't find his half-brother. I said, you know, maybe you should get find your brother. You want, you want a partner over here? Find your brother. I said, I'm not happy here. I'm going to go home. So Tommy storms out with some kind of an attitude. His girl that remains there, she was talking to me. I said, you never found me a girlfriend. She's old. She said, Eddie, I look so hard. The Hawaiian girls, she said, they, they don't like the house too much. She said, but you stay here. You'll be happy. You'll find a girl. I said, no, thank you. I'm going to go home. Anyway, I had enough drinking. I was tired. I said, I'm going to go go home. I'll go down and see Muzzy. Talk to him, then I'll go home and get some sleep. So I go downstairs. Then when I get out on the street, there's Tommy sitting there on his bike. He's sitting on the seat backwards with his back toward the handlebars. And he says to me, what are you trying to make my girl? I had at this time just about enough shit. And I just wasn't taking no shit. I jumped on Tommy. I knocked him off the bike, pulled the bike down with us. I was trying to jump the handlebars down his throat. I thought, Mickey, just fucking bike, you son of a bitch. You bring me all the way here, there ain't no fucking business. Anyway, I got up all the time and walked down the street. I go see Muzzy. I said, Muzzy, listen, I'm going to head home. You know, I thank you for everything you've done for me. He said, oh, no, you don't go. He says, I'm sending Tommy away. He said, you stay. He said, I like you. You stay here. I said, no, Muzzy, I'm not happy here. I said, I ain't got my equipment that's bothering me. I got to go find that. That's my home. And besides, Mother, yes, there ain't enough business here for everybody you got working here. You keep Tommy, he likes it here. He's happy. I'm going to go home. <laughs> so the next day, I pack up, get a cab, and go to the airport. I get a ticket to LA where I'm going to look for my luggage. At the airport, they give you a little little speech on, on leaving Hawaii and that someday you will return. And I do. I return to Hawaii. But that's not a story.